Family Business Today, where we feature prominent local and national family business owners. We also talk to top family business experts to discuss relevant topics, including communications, business culture, family relationships, succession and estate planning, values, as well as conflict resolution. Brought to you by the Tennessee Center for Family Business, I'm your host, Greg Lewis. Our guest today is Charles Hatcher. Since 1831, five consecutive generations of Hatchers have farmed their land in College Grove, Tennessee. Hello, Charles. Thanks for joining us. Hey, it's good to be here, Greg. I'm I'm glad to be here to, to discuss the family business with you guys today. All right, all right. Well, I suppose the best place to start is, is tell us a little bit about uh, Hatcher Family Dairy. Yeah, well, we're we're out here in uh, College Grove, Tennessee, just uh, southeast of Franklin. Uh, we're we're a five generation, actually six generation now. I've got a little niece and nephew uh, dairy farm where we've got 200 acres here on the farm we milk about 95 cows we have a creamery on our farm so we do the whole nine yards from producing to processing to distribution to retail as well so we we run the whole gamut here uh, a little bit of everything so there there's never the same thing going on over here and <laughs> and that's what uh that's what keeps it you know fresh and and fun and, and you never get kind of burned out i guess you could say but well uh, we've been we've been in the same farm for almost 200 years that means the, the world to us and we hope we're here for another 200 years so it's getting the next generation prepared for that Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, well, let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, a fifth generation. Now you're preparing for a sixth generation. But, you know, statistics show that only 4% of family businesses successfully transition to the fourth generation, much less to the fifth and sixth and even beyond that. So what's been your family's secret to success in, in being able to transition from one generation to another generation to another generation? Well, I, you know, there are challenges with that, and, and I think, you know, our willingness to adapt and evolve is is basically what's, I think, I think that's the secret to it is is communicating with the rest of the family members, being on the same, same page, having the same long-term, long and short-term goals, uh, communicating with each other, and, and also being able to change, do that change. You know, how can we get better? And I, I had an old football coach that used to say, never be satisfied. So kind of how can we get better? What can we do? And and my father is a great visionary and, and has a lot of new and, and innovative ideas. And and there's not really, you know, a, a one authoritative figure. We kind of work as a team. We call it Team Hatcher. So that's, that's I think working together, cohesiveness, communication, and having those goals, I think is, is been the secret if there is a secret <laughs> okay all right well, very good so uh with you know it's pretty easy to go from one generation to two generations because just how many children there are but now you've gone five generations so there's been a lot of children a lot of grandchildren and some great grandchildren <clears throat> during that that uh uh 200 years that, that your family's been to business so how did the family decide who was and who was not going to join the family business? Was it a lottery or? <laughs> well, well, that, that, you know, it could it could be that way, I guess. But I, 
You know, I think the the neat thing about the family is 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 nobody is forced to do anything, or you weren't, hey, you're going to do this or or else kind of deal. You know, they the family kind of let all of us children and grandchildren kind of figure that out as we went. You know, a lot, I've got a lot of cousins that that aren't involved in the dairy here that have gone on to do other successful careers. Um, I think it was, you know, it, it's whoever took interest in it, then they, that kind of, you know, that was kind of the spark, I guess you could say. And, and we ran with that. So I, I've always been real drawn to it. I've always loved it. It's a passion of mine. Uh, my sister is the same way. Uh, I've got my uncle is the same way. So I think, you know, farming is not for everyone. Mm-hmm. And even though you were, you were born and raised on a farm, farming is not for everyone. So basically whoever had that interest at a young age and each generation has kind of identified that. And, and there's no harm, no foul for those family members who decide not to do farming. So we're all in it together and we support each other no matter what career you're in. I see. I see. So you you have two hundred acres, ninety cows. You mentioned you, your sister, and your uncle, and your father. How many hatchers are working at Hatcher uh, Family Dairy right now? Say that one more time. I'm sorry. Uh, how many hatchers are currently working at uh, Hatcher Family Dairy? Oh, okay. Yeah, I've, we've got. Uh, there are six of us currently that are that are family members, and then we've got other local family friends that help us as well we've had to we've had to grow our staff through the years as well we started running out of hatchers <laughs> so <laughs> right. we had to go uh locally to find some help which are like family to us you know that's important to, sure to have you know staff and and people that that care and family oriented so uh we we're we're picky on who we let work with us and and be with us so all right so um so uh, you've got this next generation coming up really young. So it, looking back in your memory, uh, Charles, uh, when did you know that you were going to be involved in the family business? Well, I, I was probably five or six years old, and and I think one day my dad said, hey, you need to come out here with the barn with me, and, and we'll feed some baby calves. So at the dairy here, uh, we have to raise the baby calves. So my first ever job was raising baby calves, and I took, uh, I kind of took to that. It's really cool. You, you kind of get attached to the baby calf. You're you're raising that calf. It's the future of the of the farm. You put a lot of pride into that, and there are a lot of maintenance too. You know, you have to clean up after them. You have to. Uh, sometimes they can get sick. You have to give them medicine. You have to feed them twice a day. So you really have to take care of them. And I think that really, uh, there's a lot of responsibility with that. It taught me a lot of good lessons with that. And I just, I just became drawn to that, you know, hard work. It, it's not always about, uh, you know, monetary things or, or materialistic things. It's that satisfaction. And, and once those baby calves, were, were grown into adult cows and producing milk and you're looking you're saying man i had a hand in raising that that cow there when she was a baby calf so there's that satisfaction there i've always been drawn to that and 
and I, my parents got me involved with, with 4-H and the livestock program at a very young age as well. So it's all kind of the perfect storm, I guess you could say, sure. on, uh, on fueling that, that agriculture and that, that farming and livestock kind of, uh, uh, feel there. Yeah. Passion. Yeah. Yeah. We were at the Williamson County fair on Monday night, uh, for the sale and, uh, uh, mm-hmm. didn't buy any cows, but ended up buying some sheep and goats. So it's a, a great cause. Yeah. And, and, uh, and absolutely. So and that of, was, that's played a very important role in my life. And I, I encourage all youth to, to participate in those activities as well. So oh, good. Well, good. So man, you know, so five to six years old, you, uh, uh, already, uh, sort of knew the path that was laid out there for you. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, most of the time when I talk to, uh, next generation the family business and I ask them what their first job was uh, they usually say it's sweeping the floor but I thought uh, uh, when I asked you that question it would be shoveling uh, horse I mean cattle manure <laughs> yeah yeah well I've done my fair share of that as well <laughs> okay I'm sure I'm yeah sure. <laughs> so uh you know uh Farm business, like any any businesses, um, everybody doesn't always uh, uh, get along. It's it's not 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 always just really uh, goody goody or whatever. But so so, what have been the biggest personal challenges you've faced when join when you joined the family business? Yeah, and, and there is you know old saying nothing is easy about family business. There are there are times where that is fairly difficult you know with me being uh being 31 years old and my dad is 60 and my his brother which is my uncle is almost 50 you know and us three kind of have direct you know link with everything it's kind of it's challenging for me at times when i'm the youngest and you know, they've been there, done that, and have the experience over me, but I might have an idea that could possibly work better. So that's the challenge, you know, trying to get everybody sold on an idea or a concept. Sure. And, and you know, you, you run into the, well, my dad can say, well, we've never done that. I don't know why in the world you want to do that. Or my uncle will say, you know, we've been doing it like this since 1991, and we don't need to do that or so that that poses some challenges, and you know sometimes we have to approach each other like coworkers instead of yeah. relatives. So you're gonna have those those hiccups, those not battles, but kind of you know areas where you you got to sit down and talk about it, and and you know it, whatever's gonna be best for the business in the long run is is kind of what we all agree on, even though, you know, you might have to swallow your pride sometimes, but that's, that's with any business. Sure. Sure. Well, you know, there's a saying out there, family is family and business is business and neither of the two shall meet. Uh, but when you're, yeah. work, but when you're working in a family business, uh, they do meet and, and, uh, that, uh, personal challenges of, communications and respect for each other's ideas do come up so okay so that's personal challenges and thanks for sharing that but but what are the benefits of it i think the the benefits to me are you know we're we're not we don't hold each other uh really you know accountable for okay well i worked 
sixty hours this week. You only did fifty hours. So we're we're not in in the business of you know outdoing one another, and and we are a team. And I think what's what's nice to me too on on the benefit is. I can walk out the door and I'm at work. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. There, there's there's no commute. Uh, I'm not in a cubicle. I don't have a manager or a superior breathing down my neck at all times because we all know our goals and our responsibilities and and we take care of those each day. So I think the benefits are you know the flexibility of of kind of setting your own schedule and and. You know, and the, just the overall flexibility of it, I think. And then you do, it is pretty neat for me to be able to work in a field and harvest a crop with my dad or my uncle, knowing that my ancestors did that as well. So that mm. that's cool, neat little moments like that. You kind of have to stop and pause and say, I am pretty darn lucky to be doing this. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. So, yeah, the only thing is, you know, uh, uh, for some people, maybe in that cubicle or, or whatever, and listening to this, uh, when you're out doing that, working in the field or getting up early yep. in the morning to go to the barn for milking or whatever it is, this mm-hmm. time of year when it's 90 or 100 degrees or in the dead of winter when it's zero, <laughs> that, cubicle, yes. that cubicle sounds pretty good. <laughs> yeah, there are some days that I would trade for that, no doubt. <laughs> so uh, you- I, I fully admit that. <laughs> So you went uh, – see, I believe you went to the University of Tennessee. Is that correct? I, my, my sister and my dad did, and I actually went to Middle Tennessee State University okay. here locally. All right. All right. Yes. Okay. That's, that's fine. So, uh, so uh, what did you major in in college? My major was agribusiness. You know, again, that's surprise, surprise agriculture. Oh, you sure, know, sure. so I – I, uh, you know, that was ag's a passion of mine, and mm-hmm. and I was always drawn to the business side of it. You know, I kind of had the experience in the uh, in the animal production side of it, which is an also a, another major offer. But the business side, I was really intrigued with it, and and we were just starting our our bottling concept right whenever I was starting enrolling college. So I thought, you know what, if if we decide to to bottle our own milk. Why not uh, get some benefit out of the, my college degree and, and be able to use that stuff that I learn and take from? So agribusiness was my major. I see. I see. Now, did you work anywhere else before you came in the family business, or did you come directly back from MTSU and go into the business? I, I came straight from uh, from college, straight back to the farm here, uh, just went all in with it. Okay. All right. <laughs> head, and so Head first. So, so you just uh, 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 did the hard knocks way, just jumped right in, back yeah. into the family business, go from there. That's great. That's great. That's right. Well, um, so so t- over two hundred years in, in, in business, and obviously uh, you did. You don't know the the founder <laughs> of of the family mm-hmm. business a long time ago. Um, uh, I'm sure you knew your uh, know your grandfather. You might have known your mm-hmm. great grandfather, but but what would you say um, are the Hatcher family values that that y'all have today that really began 200 years ago by your forefathers? Yeah, I, I think uh, 
you know, my my dad he decided to write a book based upon kind of the same idea and and concept. And I think the core values for us and in, in the business is is faith, family, and farming. That's kind of the three F's. You okay. know, that is mm-hmm. kind of the, the the foundation there. That uh, you know, faith is important. Family is important in farming and in kind of that order, you know, and, and once you get, uh, you know, once one is, is going and the other one goes and it's kind of like a, you know, a, a domino effect there. So that's been the foundation for us and and that's what's worked for us. That doesn't mean that it, it is the secret or found good foundation for all family businesses, but that seemed to be... What has been passed down, you know, my, my grandfather since passed away when I was younger, but he always instilled those things into me, and, I, and my dad is doing that, has done that with me growing up. And then my little nephew, who's, you know, four years old, who's, you know, really young, but we're he's around that on a daily basis, so we're hoping that that, that foundation kind of gets laid out for him as well. Cool. Yeah. Well, that's great. That's great. And to think that those values have uh, uh, survived over 200 years is very mm-hmm. commendable to your uh, family because many times uh, family values begin to change over time. And so often when you start leaving those values that your family has from the beginning, that's usually when problems really start to occur. Mm-hmm. So, um, so let's say one of our listeners is uh, cons- uh, considering joining their family business. What would be some of the, the things that you've learned that, or some of the advice that you might offer to them if they're considering joining their family business? Yeah, I've, you know, and there's a lot of a lot of people that are really interested in doing that, like you're saying. So I, you know, I, I took away from one of my classes and. Uh, over at MTSU, there's an agriculture leadership class, and we got to know it was. It, I took almost took more from this class than any other class in my four years was uh, was learning personalities and and strengths and weaknesses for for people, you know, as as far as workability and in the workplace and and in society and and what we've kind of done here with that is at our at our farm is, you know, my, my uncle isn't necessarily outgoing or, or like to, to talk in front of people, but he's very well mechanically engineered minded. Mm-hmm. So he runs our processing facility, which I couldn't do because he is way head and shoulders above me in mechanic ability. And my father is, is the opposite, which is outgoing, the visionary, personable, a hard worker likes to be in front of people, so he works our farmers market, and and then for me, I I, I enjoy I'm outspoken and and kind of the same kind of deal. So what we've done is kind of see what your strengths and weaknesses are, and and have people's responsibilities kind of cater to that, you know, and 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 be comfortable with what you're doing especially in a family business, you know, you, you kind of say, you know, you should have that, a good enough relationship where you can tell a, a family member, hey, you know, I'm not real comfortable with that. I don't feel comfortable. Like if my uncle were to say, you know, 
tear apart that motor right quick and put it back together, I could say, you know, Jim, I'm not too comfortable with that. So that relationship, you know, with the family member, and they will respect that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, being being comfortable with what you do and knowing your strengths and weaknesses and, and having an open mind, especially in the family environment, and you should be, you know, where, where you can talk things out and, and everybody's on the same page and setting goals as well. That's very important especially for maybe, say, a, a family that's trying to get into business for the first time, setting those goals, uh, knowing strengths and weaknesses for each each member and where they would thrive within the business. So that's kind of what we've we've done uh, with with our business, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So flipping flipping it over there, you, you've, you've sort of touched on a little bit, but – Let's let's say there's a mom and dad uh, that has a family business out there, and their son or daughter uh, is is talking about, hey, I want to come home and join the family business. They may not have known mm-hmm. it when they were five or seven years old, but maybe they were in high school or in college, and and now uh, they're wanting to come home to the family business. What advice would you offer to a mom or dad who's considering inviting their son or daughter to join the family business? You know, I, I would definitely tell those parents, you know, be supportive of your of your son or daughter that, that wants to come back. And that I, to me, it, I, if I'm a parent, that would be one of the most rewarding things that there could be is, is your your child wanting to come back and, and be in the family business. So, you know, keeping them, keep an open mind. And if they were to bring, your son or daughter were to bring in new ideas, don't be opposed to that. You know, whenever, just because you've been doing it for 50, 60 years in the family business doesn't mean that you can't, you know, you can't change. And if your son or daughter has new and innovative ideas, you know, uh, don't shoot them down right away. Just be receptive and open-minded to that because this generation, we're, we're going to have, you know, newer ideas and different ideas i guess you could say so don't be afraid of, of change is a big big uh i guess piece of advice i would have <laughs> oh good good and on the other side of that is is uh uh, uh uh don't overuse the phrase we've always done it that way <laughs> yeah that's because, right that's exactly right because after 200 years if uh, you were still doing it the way we've always done it that way uh, you and your sister and everybody be out there milking uh, cows by hand every morning, wouldn't you? <laughs> that's, that's exactly right, and that wouldn't be too desirable. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, well. Let let me uh, take off on that just a, a little bit. So, because uh, you talked earlier about there's some of your uh, siblings and things are in the business, some aren't in the business. But what about this whole idea of? You said that if a, a child comes into businesses to use their skills uh, that they have, uh, I find a lot mm-hmm. of times that that uh, uh, parents create jobs uh, for their children, and and they really are putting them into uh, square pegs and around holes. They really don't have the skills, the talents. They're really not in a place where they need to be. What what what's your thoughts on that? Yeah. I, uh you know, with with farming, with us, it's not. You know, there's an old uh, saying. You know, for the farmers with pitchforks and overalls and kind of thing. But there, but we, there's been so much that has evolved, and 
different businesses. You know, we are a farm, but we have so many uh, opportunities in different different areas. I mean, we we could have a social media uh, person full time. We could have a retail person full time, and we do. So, you know, in your within your business, if your son or daughter or that that person comes back and and they don't really fit the mold, then you kind of you know you kind of sit back and evaluate and and think where would a good place for this person be within the business and, or you could you know create something that would cater to that person but if if you've got the mentality that oh we're not going to change we're going to do this then that son or daughter coming back wanting to be in the business that that could be you know not desirable for that person so you know and and I Maybe if there's multiple positions, maybe you have your that person kind of shadow different areas within the business. Like for us, say, if I had a, a younger sibling coming back and, and they're interested in the family business, then you would just, we, excuse me, we like to say, well, let's, anytime we have a new employee that wants to work with us, we say, well, let's throw them through the gauntlet, which is let's get them scooping uh, manure out of the barn. Let's get them delivering milk. Let's get them bottling milk. So you expose them to all facets and phases of the business, and then you get feedback from them on what they like or what they were drawn to, and then you kind of go from there. And that seems to be – that's been our philosophy, especially with employees is – Expose them to everything and then get feedback from them hmm. is a is a main thing. Okay, thank you, thank yeah. you for thanks for sharing that. Well, mm-hmm. uh, William Pollard uh, 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 said uh, a while back, "Without change, there's no innovation, creativity, or incentive for improvement. Those who initiate change will have a better opportunity to manage the change that is inevitable." You know, dairy farms have continued to, to decrease across Tennessee and really across the country over the over the past. So what innovations and creativity has the Hatcher family initiated that's been able to sustain the Hatcher family dairy, dairy for 200 years? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, bottling our milk was a big-time decision for us on, uh, on being able to sustain. You know, we knew growth and development were – we're heading our way and, and then here in Williamson County and, and they're, they're saying the population is going to double within the next 10 years. So we were thinking, you know, if we, if all that is coming, how do we coexist with that? What do we do about that? And my dad, he was the visionary 16, 17 years ago and came up with the idea. Well, if we want to stay here and keep this thing going, we got to think outside the box. So he said, well, let's just, offer a product to sell off the farm here, which is, in our case, milk. And that way families that do move here can experience that and know where their food comes from and get an idea of uh, what it takes and what's, what goes into that, that uh, product to get to the shelf. And we cut out the middleman as well, and we control our own brand and, our, and, and everything. So... That was one big step into being able to sustainable agriculture there is, is kind of 
that direct marketing thing to where we we control our product the way it's handled the way it's produced the way it's processed and distributed that's what i take pride in is telling uh customers of ours is, is a hatcher has their hand in it every step of the way whether it's feeding a baby calf milking the cow bottling the milk delivering the milk or or selling it at their in our retail store so that's that's been uh the big one for us it's been able to for us to sustain and we were the first ones in the state of tennessee to do that concept uh almost 12 years ago and, okay. and we've been very very fortunate and i think there's three or four dairies in the state that are that are on board doing that now that direct marketing so we've that's helped and we've we've uh we've evolved as well with technology we're not afraid to use technology and we're all about working smarter not harder the old saying and mm-hmm. and and rolling with those changes and and how we can be efficient and and so being you know knowing what's out there how can we be more efficient and how can we sustain is kind of our 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 weekly monthly questions that we ask each other and and being able to to take on new ideas, especially in technology world now, they're talking about uh, robotic dairies and stuff. So you know, it, it, this thing could could go to that way down the road. So sure. keeping those open ideas and and really controlling our own bottling and, and forming our own product was the was the way for us to be sustainable, and it's provided us awesome opportunities we've been very fortunate oh that's great that's great well let me ask you a couple of personal questions here uh so uh you know uh here in the south we all we all like to eat and uh uh, you're being a farm you raise a lot of your 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 food and everything else too but so your family all lives fairly close to the farm there so what does your family talk about when you get around the sunday dinner table yeah, and it, and that's kind of neat too. You know, not everybody can say that, but we do. You know, we we work with each other seven days a week, but we do have that time Sunday evening, and and we are very passionate about food. <laughs> we like to eat, and and we're very spoiled too, because like you said, a lot of what we eat is what's come off the farm here, so we're very spoiled. But you know, we we kind of have discussions. Uh, we. Typically, we don't really talk about business that week. We kind of it, it's family time. We'll, we're very uh, we're big sports fans, athletic fans. We'll talk about you know our favorite team, how the team's going to look, or or what's going on out there in in society. Maybe topics that come up or weather things. Uh, we we try to try to stay away from business for that hour and a half, two hours every Sunday and. Kind of see what's going on with everybody at the at the dinner table and and uh, but it's really neat. Again, it's one of those things I have to sit back and say, "Wow, how fortunate and blessed am I personally to be able to work with these people seven days a week and be able to sit down with them and eat Sunday dinners every Sunday." So it's it's one of those you know you got to pinch yourself moments. It's like, <laughs> man, this is pretty cool. Not everybody can say that they do that. No, they don't. So. They, the other part, the other part you mentioned is is uh, you said you you sit down for an hour and a half to two hour dinner. Uh, there's probably not many people. <laughs> Stay at the dinner table for the yeah. that long. That's awesome. That's great. That's that's wonderful. yeah, yeah. That's that's right. We just uh, we we've got a big screened in back porch this time of the year. We just 
we sit out there and listen to the crickets and frogs and kind of just <laughs> hang out and, and kind of talk. So. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> it's kind of like a pause and reflect, you know, for the from the previous week, and then you, it, it's kind of a reset button for the next week. Oh, is well. kind of what that time is. So well, that's a that's a good that's good advice for our listeners. So uh, so uh, yeah. so I know your dad. You said your dad graduated from University of Tennessee. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, what's he, what's his opinion on the football team for this this year? Well, you know, we we all bleed orange down here, and and we're <laughs> I'm excited. We, we're we're cautiously optimistic. You know, we're, we're uh, previous years haven't been where we would like them as fans, uh-huh. but we're you know new coach, new era, new attitude. So we're we're going to be supportive, win, lose, or draw. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Now you mentioned earlier that your dad wrote a book. What's the title of his book? Yeah, the the title of his book is Farm Strong. So, uh, okay. yeah, a little, uh, I guess a little review of that is how that came to play was he, uh, he's the state veterinarian for Tennessee and, and every once in a while during his lunch break, he'll go to the local gym there and kind of exercise and, uh, and they, he was always a little bit stronger than the guys that he worked out with in the, in the gym there. And, and one of them said to him, you know, uh, Hatcher, you're, you're farm strong. <laughs> and he said to his buddy, well, what does that mean? And he said, you know, you come from the farm, you've worked your whole life there and you just, it's a, you know, you get that strength from the farm. So my dad kind of that resonated with him and he thought, well, what does farm strong mean to yeah. me? You know, talking about himself. So he decided to write a book based upon his upbringing and, and the farm and, and how it shaped him to what he is today. So that that's how that came to life, and it's it's pretty neat, you know. For for me, you know, family members, we've even read the book and enjoy it as well. So it's it's uh, it's pretty cool to say that your dad's written a book about the about your business and, and the upbringing and the farm. So well, sure, well, you another probably, one of those really neat things. Yeah, you probably got copies of it for. For Christmas presents one year, I'm guessing. So, so we do, yes, sir, we do. <laughs> so, if our listeners were wanting a copy of the book, where would they uh, get a copy of it? Yeah, we've got a, our store here on the farm out here in College Grove. We sell those at a retail store, and I believe my dad usually has copies with him at the Franklin Farmers Market every Saturday as well at okay. our booth. Okay, that sounds great. That sounds great. So, yep. so if people want uh, uh, your dairy products uh, and other mm-hmm. farm products and a copy of Farm Strong, you can go to the uh, Franklin Farmers Market at the factory uh, in uh, Franklin, Tennessee. Yes, sir. Every Saturday we're there. Okay. Well, Charles, thank you for being our guest guest on Family Business today. To learn more about Hatcher Family Dairy, you can visit their website at www. HatcherFamilyDairy.com. If you're listening to this podcast, you fully understand the importance of having community with like-minded family business members who understand the unique challenges of working together in a family business. Whether you are a founder or a next-generation family business leader looking to grow your business and one day transition to the next generation, you may want to join one of our virtual family business roundtables. These small discussion groups of 10 to 12 individuals are made up of people just like you in similar family roles who have common interests and are committed to sharing their ideas and challenges in a confidential, trusting environment. 
Family and personal issues related to the family business are shared with the goal of seeking advice and finding solutions. If this sounds like you and you would like to be considered for one of the no more than 12 spots, you can register at our website at www.tncfb.com forward slash family business roundtables or you can call me directly at 615-513-9028 to schedule an interview. To our listeners, thank you for joining us for the Family Business Day podcast brought to you by the Tennessee Center Family Business located in Nashville, Tennessee. To learn more about the Tennessee Center for Family Business, visit our website at www.tncfb.com. Until next time, thanks for joining us.